You are now listening to episode 76 of Doc Fermento Discovers the World. I had an interview scheduled for the podcast and it was rescheduled. So I just asked my friends if anyone out there wanted to do a Skype call. And Craig Zielinski answered the call. So I gave him a ring and we talked for a bit. Total hive banter. Just straight out of our heads. No purpose whatsoever. Perhaps one of my favorite things about being alive. Uh, Casual conversation with a distant friend. That's it for the intro. As always, I thank you for listening. How's it going? Very well, Very sir. Well. How are you? I am all right. I'm all right. All right. Yeah. Okay. I, all right. That's as good as I get. Oh, that's your good. That's that's you at the top of your game. Yeah, that's like fucking absolutely top of the world. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Did you uh, recently travel? Yes. And I didn't get thrown out of the country, which was interesting. They let you back? Well, the reason that's interesting is because I've got a... I've, so when you come over here on a fiancé visa, um, what happens is you have to get married within 90 days. And then once you get married, you're allowed to apply for your green card. And the green card that you get is a probationary green card, which has two years on it, right? And then, so, when it's coming towards its end, what you do is you apply for the conditions to be removed, which extends it to 10 years, right? Mm -hmm. And they send you a piece of paper that says, your expired green card is good for another year while we process your paperwork. Okay. So... (laughs) Anytime I leave the country. Yeah, so your your good status is an expired <laughs> card. Yeah, yeah. Wow. an expired card and a piece of paper yeah. from the government that says, no, that expired green card is actually still good. So anytime I leave the country, I'm kind of just sweating bullets coming back in because I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. Yeah. Well, they let you back. Yep. So that's Apparently good. So. How are you getting on? What's happening? Your end? Uh, went backwards a little bit. What do you mean? Uh, well, I had to take a break from the uh, jiu-jitsu. And um, actually for the whole month, me and the kids. So we had to do a little reset. Um, and we're looking forward to getting back. But So there's that. Um, I removed a, a very positive thing in our lives for a month. Interesting. And, yeah, it was unfortunate. It wasn't uh, by choice. The financial, but you know. Sometimes it happens. Right. Um, so we tried to stay focused. Um, I took some of your advice and I looked up some exercises uh-huh. uh, for the kids. 
um, glute bridges. Aye. Um, which my daughter's fantastic at. It's almost hilarious. She should make videos because she's in gymnastics and dance. And so for her, she can arch like, I mean, it, it's it's just insane. I almost want to strap weights to her belly because it's not fair. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's the other thing you, that you can do. Like, basically, uh, you can do weighted glute bridges. Right, yeah. I would uh, not do that to one of my kids, though. I'm not into that. Fair enough. See yourself. <gasps> yeah. Turn up, Brian. Hello, Steph's hello. Uh, he says hello back. And so, I really loved your bee podcast, by the way. Oh, the hive mind? You liked it? I really did, yep, yep. It's cool. That was good storytelling, and uh, I learned a lot, and yeah, it was good. That was good stuff. Uh, good, I'm glad. Anytime we do a podcast, I'm like, did we, did I, did we actually say anything? Yep, I always feel the same way. Um, I never want to do them. I always feel like I never said anything. And yeah. yep, it's all right though. Oh, okay. I guess that's how it works then, eh? Yeah. For for some people, yeah. Fair enough. Good. So, uh, what the hell is you... wrong with the keto? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Keto's the Scientology of nutrition, mate. Oh my God, that's a fantastic quote. It's, it it really is. It's. Like so, it's just if I fiction can get, religion. Yeah, if I can get keto enough, then the then the thetans or whatever will be revealed to me, and I will be able to travel to the other side. But it is our um, evolutionarily Suppressive core person. state. It's not a fucking evolutionary core state. It's the it's the state we're born into, and we, when we breastfeed, we're in ketosis. Is it fuck? fucking not <laughs> this is hey this is what i this is what i this is what i read yeah you should stop reading fucking nonsense man it really is it's it's like oh the human human body can survive this way okay right great that's that's excellent it can also survive survive on a vegan diet right so I guess keto veganism is the the probably the, the top of the food chain right there. Yeah, I think you're right. Keto vegan, raw keto vegan. I guarantee that's a huge Instagram account. <laughs> if it's not, let's make it one <laughs> and just post pictures of ice cream. Oh, that's fantastic! Dairy free. Aye, because why on earth would you? Uh, why on earth would you eat food? No way. That's crazy. That does seem to be the problem for me. Um, looking into keto um, is the food. Uh, what, what, well, because a, a lot of food kicks you out of keto. <laughs> so, uh, it's yeah, very yeah, strange, eating, right? Yeah. Eating really is a big problem when it comes to keto. Right. If you're just I trying think... to eat a nice, healthy, robust diet and, yeah, fulfill, and fulfill your nourishment requirements, all of a sudden you get kicked out of this ideal state which yeah. <laughs> causes confusion yeah yeah right it's almost like it's almost like you're not supposed to be in that state unless the shit's hit the fan um but hey maybe if you've got brain damage it's good for you yeah i was gonna say let's say can we admit at least that uh, it has been shown to be 
good for someone with uh, certain conditions like epilepsy and maybe one or two cancers. Yes. So there's some therapeutic modality, but uh, probably not the preferred choice for you. The rest Anyone? of us mere mortals, are yeah. right, right, right. It's not the fucking sensible choice for anybody. It's like medicine. If you, you know, there's a lot of medicines out there. I don't recommend just taking them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right. Just like throwing pills down your neck. No, no, it's all right. No, these you are can good. Survive oh, on these. <laughs> no, these pills are really great for people with cancer. So is chemo. Why don't you try it? Yeah. I've just had a port installed. Well, what if? What if you don't want to find out if you have cancer and just go ahead and go through the chemo? I guess that's what keto is. Isn't that what keto is? It's really just saying, I probably have something wrong with me. Let's just clear it out. We'll clear out the (laughs) thetans. Yeah. I'll stop being a suppressive person. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you are a study on this Scientology, and you are... We're pretty close to the Mecca. San Diego's a good haven for that. Aye, not 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 too far away from LA. And LA is, of course, where all the magical fucking evolved beings are. Yeah, I have a. I actually have a history with that uh, cult. I never got. What? I never got involved, but I did some detective work on my own. Why? Yeah, I was just fascinated with cults, um, probably in the early 2000s. Well, you look like you should be fascinated with cults. Yeah, so (laughs) I started researching um, Scientology. I was making phone calls and calling people and trying to do early internet searching about it. Wow. And then suddenly, um, many things kept like going really bad in my life, especially technology. Uh, technical wise like with my computer mm-hmm. and with other things I had all these problems and my wife's like stop with the Scientology shit they're going to show up at the house and I'm like oh, that's uh, they're probably already in the computer and that maybe that's just good enough for them so <laughs> I'll just keep doing this for a while she's like no there's something going on just stop I'm like alright fuck it and I, I forgot about it for several many years and then Recently, I started watching a couple documentaries on it again, which is kind Dude, of curious. I find it so captivating. You yeah. know? I, and the I, thing I, that I find the most captivating about it is the fact that it's a religion, right? It's, uh, it's, a, it's a fucking religion, okay? Yeah, legally, like, right. Yeah. I, legally a religion. And... Everybody who's kind of not a Scientologist is basically like... That is just such a fucking bunch of bullshit. But my religion's okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and you're like, all right then. Very good. Yep. Fine. Yeah, that's that's the thing that interests me most, though. Like, what what qualifies as a legitimate religion? Uh, I and don't that, know. Believing in stuff that doesn't exist. Yeah, and that's also why Frank Herbert is my favorite fiction author. Because his whole career was spent trying to understand what it means to be a human. And that's why he, um, in some of his novels, he made sentient kelp um, and other strange beings like that mm. to to make you ask the question, what, 
you know, what is a human? Obviously, that's not in a human bipedal form, but what really is the difference? It's sentient. It's this thing, you know. So I, I love really tough mind problems like that, and cults kind of fit just so well, you know? Aye. No, I think I think you're absolutely right. Um, I didn't know that Herbert was tr- doing all that, trying to figure out what a human was. Oh, That's, yeah, yeah. you got to huh. just read all his other stuff outside of Dune. Uh, I can't do that to myself. I can't, I can't read anything that's not Dune by Herbert. I'll tell you what, uh, just do a few. Uh, Hellstrom's Hive is really good. Is that the one where you were shouting into the vats at? Yeah, that's right. That's why I always say, <laughs> into the vats. <laughs> okay. I'll have to check that out. Ah. Hi, I'll need to get a look at that. Um, yeah, he has the other books, the God Makers. Um, just there's so many, and they many of them they just go on this same theme. Um, I I hear or I read that it came out of a science fiction authors conference where a bunch of notable science fiction authors were sitting around uh, discussing like what are some of the biggest ideas possible, and mm-hmm. one of them is. All right, so we are going to probably find actual beings someday. Um, mm-hmm. And how? What? Uh, where do we draw the line? You know, what does the word human mean at that point? And mm. consciousness. And so that led me to read his other books outside of the Fantastic Dune series. Mm-hmm. So I highly recommend going a little further, moving them beyond Dune. Maybe I will. All right. Did you ever get past uh, book one, Dune? I uh, watched. I watched, yes. I read uh, Dune Messiah. And it was very, very good. And that was it. Okay. That was all I did. That's not bad. I think that's okay okay to stop there. Uh, Book three takes the thing in a whole new direction but i think it's important to read the first two books because you get the arc of the character paul Mm -hmm. where you might find paul one of the most annoying characters in the history of literature (laughs) because he's just so special you know i I, it was it's super interesting like his sort of journey when, when i was in new zealand anastasia had read it as well and uh, like she basically battled through it, and so we we had like some interesting conversations about it, you know, because it's it's just so dense, and it and it's like you know Paul, it doesn't matter what the hell Paul does, it's always plummeting in this, this sort of direction of like interplanetary war, and he's like, oh, maybe if I just do this, it'll be okay, and. Maybe if I do that, it'll be fine. And then it's like, no, fuck, no. Yeah, <laughs> it's still it, going wrong. <laughs> I know. It's a I, great I thought experiment. The yeah. It's the, yeah. It, yeah, the fact that he can see what's coming, but yeah. only through the crests of the waves, you know, or in the troughs of the waves can he peek yeah. through. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great concept. And uh, what can he change? What can he not change? And if you wanted to be uh, flippant about it, you could say basically it's kind of a, christ figure arc you know Mm. um just uh he basically sacrifices himself 
something like that. But I think there's a lot more going on. It's, I don't know, it's the greatest universe ever written, as far as mm-hmm. I'm concerned. Yeah, I was I was right into it. I thought it was uh, super good. Um, did you know, have you seen the movie Arrival? Uh, no. Okay, well, you need, you need to check that out. And then once you've checked that out, um, you can be excited about the fact that the director of that is going to be directing the remake of Dune. Oh, wow, they're actually going to try that again? Yeah, I think they're going to try it again. Pretty cool. Um, yeah. And I've got actually, I've got pretty high hopes because the same director's doing the next, the new installment of Blade Runner. Wow, good stuff coming. Yeah. Wow, I like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, so I'm actually pretty psyched. I never really get psyched about movies anymore, but like that's just got me pretty pretty stoked. Just because how good Arrival was. Like when I when I finished watching Arrival, I was like, wow. I just watched a movie that had like a concept, like an underlying theme, and it had actors acting in it, and it had like cinematography and stuff, you know? That made uh, for a good, proper, fun well, flick, yeah, right? Well, yeah, I was like, oh. wow, an actual film. I can't, I can't remember the last time I watched an actual film. Yeah, this is so, why I won't watch Star Wars. I think it's the trash of all trash. Ah, oh, well, yeah, I can understand that. Um, my, I liked, when I was a kid, I liked the first three, four, five, and six. You know, Star Wars, yeah, Empire sure. Jedi. You're a kid. You're an idiot. It's all right. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then when like episode one came out, I was kind of like, eh. And then episode two came out, and I was like, fuck this. Yeah. Episode three came out, and I was like, wow. My enjoyment of the originals has now successfully been ruined, retroactively destroyed. Isn't that amazing? I, I, like That's I when you've made a really possible. bad film. If you can ruin the originals. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm basically like, nah, fuck star Wars now. And it's, it's, and I used to love it as a kid. I loved it. And if you talk about Goonies, like, you know, things that I enjoyed when I was a kid or, or Indiana yeah. Jones or anything like that. I get all nostalgic and excited. But then now Star Wars is like this this fucking like huge abyss That's whereby um there's just nothing there. There's no like emotion there anymore. It's just right, like nah right. fuck that. Oh, uh, they fucking shit on your childhood. That's terrible. So, yeah, man. How rude I, of them. I, I, yeah, I, well I can't it's almost like my memory's been erased. <laughs> I'm like that's that's pretty amazing stuff, you know. It's like there was a terrible accident, and uh, I've forgotten about it, sort of idea, you know. Um, to protect myself, I'm basically like, nah, fuck Star Wars, don't like Star Wars. Yeah, so I can understand why you don't want to watch it. Although, like a lot of my buddies say, uh, enjoyed whatever it is, the new, the new Most one, recent, yeah, the, the new ones. I don't know. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. Steph, Steph and I watched whatever one it was, the second newest one, and uh, I just sort of stared at it with glassy eyes the whole way. Like, 
I don't care about any of this. <laughs> oh, good. Good for her because it's just trash. And they had to have the son kill the father again. I mean, yeah. you can't do that meme again. That's just not right. Oh, well, apparently they can. Yeah. But uh, my Damn favorite, it. actually, my I haven't seen Arrival, so I'm going to put that on my list. Um, but I did want to mention my favorite sci-fi movie perhaps ever now is Interstellar. Mm. That's a good one. I'm no like... fan of that actor. Uh, Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I have no thing for him whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But my God, that, that movie's so brilliant. I had to go and read a book called um, The Physics of Interstellar. Oh, yeah. And it was written by the physicist who came up with the concept decades earlier and had actually had this out there on the market to try to sell a sci-fi film based on some his strange physics mm-hmm. and then uh christopher nolan actually made it work yeah yeah that physics I... book is tough though <laughs> you know? i'm sure uh, it's written for the general public but st- yet yeah, it's it's a bit much but it was fun yeah. Aye, Interstellar. Uh, I was a big fan of that. I thought also that um, Hans Zimmer like stepped way outside his boundaries in terms of his soundtrack, and it was it's a soundtrack that I go back to again and again and again. I thought it was absolutely amazing. Uh, although I found like when Steph and I left the cinema, you get you have a bit of a sort of a PTSD. <laughs> you, you know yeah. what I mean? You're, you're kind of like reeling from it for a bit. It takes well, quite those a while. notes. I mean, that's in the like what what they call the 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 devil's what's it called? The devil's chord or the devil's tricord or something like uh, that. And that sticks with you. Yeah, it's haunting. Yeah. Um. But yeah, pretty music good stuff. is key. And so, as much as I liked Westworld. I didn't like the soundtrack. It was too daft punky for me. Oh, that's interesting. I felt t- I felt kind of t- like I was watching Tron, the new Tron. So, really? Yeah, sometimes. Huh. Just because of the soundtrack. That's uh, interesting cuz yeah. like on the in the last on the last episode when um it had what was it? What was it? Um Exit music for a film, a version of exit music for a film. Uh, like, I, I just thought that was an excellent addition to the scene itself. But I, I was quite pleased with the ending. I, I will say that for sure. Oh, me, me it, too. It sent, it sent me away very happy that I had watched the series because I, yes, I thoroughly enjoyed the last episode, which is pretty rare for me. Mm. Well, yeah, that that was the thing that I I really found about it. Um, do you remember the episode where Anthony Hopkins' character and Bernard are both standing, being shown a sort of rigged, violent uh, robot? Like the the one of the the chicks from the whorehouse was like supposed to be like super violent and they had kind of reprogrammed her to waste somebody else. And they were like, Oh, she's not working correctly. Like the implanted code or something like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. And Bernard's all like flapping his arms and he's like, Oh, this is what I like. I can't believe this. And Hopkins is just watching this and he's just got this look of apoplectic rage in his face the whole time. And he doesn't say a single word. 
And he doesn't, his expression doesn't yeah. change. When he it's doesn't just... speak, he's the most powerful <laughs> in the world at yeah. not speaking. Yeah, man. Yeah. And, uh, and like, once you've seen the last episode, when you look back at what must have been going through his head, you know, he's yeah. just like, you're all going to fucking pay so badly for all of this. Yeah. And I was just like, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, man. So yeah. good. In the scene where Bernard gets fired, Hopkins yeah. is silent for like five minutes, just standing yeah. there in yeah. a slightly bent position. He almost looks like he's animatronic himself. Yeah. He's like bent and twisted, but he just holds frame. He just holds that like, yeah. like this is so fucking great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why is he not reacting? I want yeah. to know so badly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, every it's other really... movie or film or show he'd be screaming and raging and acting like an asshole I... and in this one he's just holding it yeah they just they were just like uh, I he don't say anything very very good stuff yeah that was interestingly um, let's think about this <sighs> written by Nolan's brother I right think. yep mm-hmm. aye um, yeah what's also... up with those two fuck yeah, man. Also wrote Memento, Nolan's brother. Yeah, that's. Um, I always tell a story about that movie. That I've seen many movies in my life with, a, with friends. You know, in my twenties, mm. especially. You know, a yeah, yeah. bunch of friends will get together and watch a movie. It ends, mm. whatever. It's fucking over. It's that. It it goes away. Yeah. I sat with a few friends, drinking, watching Memento, and we mm-hmm. talked for hours after that movie we <laughs> yeah. just talked with each other it that was that's what made that movie so especially great for me yeah when they they released it on dvd do you know that they uh they had a version where they played it in the correct order oh really i have the yeah. dvd actually yeah you might you might have that as an extra feature you might be able to like play it in the correct check order. that out i never probably man i haven't seen that in years yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that's pretty cool. Um, we've got a habit of like digging into extra features here, <laughs> like it's fairly so, relentlessly. It is so funny you said that because I thought that was going to be the thing that changed my life was the DVD, the uh, director's commentary, mm-hmm. and all those features. And then mm-hmm. when I, you know, back in the day, I tried that a few times and it just fell flat for me and I never did it again. I, I don't know. I, I don't want sometimes a, a piece of art. I, I don't want to know or, or something or the directors ruin it. Oh yeah. That so, makes sense. Well, here's one example. One of my favorite movies ever is um, the usual suspects. Mm-hmm. And the director's commentary on that is just so awful. Just so yeah. horrible. Brian Singer murders it. And they, like... they, um, how do you say it? They like self-sabotage and say how horrible the movie is. And they point out all the mistakes. Yeah. Well, I was, I was just going to say, like, I remember the, the bit where the plane takes off and he was like, wait, you see how many engines this grows when it, when it lands. And he's like, takes off with two engines, lands with four engines. And I was just like, oh mate, that's fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, mistakes are acceptable because mm-hmm. It's it's okay if they pop into your consciousness while seeing the film, but 
you don't need to tell me that the movie wasn't perfect. Yeah. You know, I I don't know. I I didn't like that, and that is one of my top films. I I always loved that movie. Yeah, I it's a good one. Have you seen Logan? No. I am. I have I'm to. Not... Ad- I have to admit, I'm partial to that character. Well, I, I just, I just love that that character. I always thought he was poorly represented. I mean, he was always sanitized, except in X Men Apocalypse, which is apocalyptically bad. But it's the only <laughs> time. It's the only time that uh, Wolverine has behaved like he behaves. Basically, he slaughters the entirety of the base that he's in. Like the the kids yeah. in X Men Apocalypse, they accidentally let him out, and he just fucking murders everybody, and they don't know who he is. Right. But Jean, Jean Grey, as a kid, just takes off his hat thing at the end of it, and tries to search his mind, and all she gets is Logan, and then he fucks off into the snow. But I was like, hey, that's. That's more like Logan is. Do you have a light turn off? No, I like having a light on. Hey. Like All right, that? turn that off then. Well, can you see you? No. Oh. But I've not got a video. That's not the light. That's the light. There you are. Good. What was I talking about? Aye, Logan. Yeah, the Logan Wolverine. I Like I said, I... I'd love the concept of the character. Maybe the films mm. weren't perfect or by any means, but I don't know. I thought he was a fucking badass and yeah, a little more dirty and raw and murder everything is good. Yeah. Yeah. I I I have heard that Logan is excellent. But I think the end got spoiled for me, so I was like, Well, I don't need to see that. Uh. No, no. And that was it. Yeah, spoilers don't really bother me. I'll watch whatever. I can. Dude, yeah. spoilers fucking bother the piss out of me. Oh, really? Yeah, man. If I get spoiled, I, I go into rage mode. I become, <laughs> I, I become Anthony Hopkins and plan everyone's demise. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I, I really can't handle it. Um, like, back when UFC was good, uh, like... Scozatron and myself would try so hard not to get spoiled like the day after an event because obviously you can't watch it live because we yeah. were in Scotland and it was in America. Yeah, yeah. Um, and man, it was like you had to, you had to like just basically not go online in any way or if anyone was talking, stick your fingers in your ears. It was just brutal. <laughs> Fucking hell, hated it. Yeah, I guess that's that's. Yeah, probably uh, sport would be the pinnacle of spoilers. Yeah, that w- that would really be tough. But yeah. for a movie, I, eh, not so much. I for me, I fit enough. Fit enough. I don't know though. Like, I really like watching. Well, no, I don't like watching sport at all. Um, I like watching, or I used to like watching UFC when it was good. Um, but none of the fighters really interest me anymore. I just uh. don't. I don't enjoy it like I used to, but apart from uh, Gunnar Nelson and maybe Conor McGregor, uh, I'm not really that interested. I've never, but, I've actually never seen one. I mean, one was on in a bar once when I was in there, um, but I'm, I, I know nothing. 
other than listening to like Joe Rogan podcast or something, you know. Oh yeah. I get yeah, inundated yeah. with it, but I don't care. Aye. I yes. do like this one thing I've seen this clip of Conor McGregor walking like a with his arms kind of yeah. noodle <laughs> with this fluidity it's when so he weird. should be hypertense and yeah. focused like mad killer and instead yeah. he's just loose and flowing and his arms look like a man caught in the wind you know a... yeah. yeah 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 I love that that I think that is uh that's before a fight that was like horrifyingly textbook for him. Like he, 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 only he could be critical of his own performance. Like it's, you watch it and you're like, geez, he never really took a step wrong in that whole fight. Um, I watched an interesting interview with his coach, John Kavanagh, uh, after that fight. And his coach was basically like, yeah, like, I mean, there was a couple of sort of mistakes that he made, but mm-hmm. really, I could, I didn't have that much for him <laughs> at the end of the fight. Yeah, and it, it turns out that McGregor is really just very, very—he just wants to be the absolute best fighter of all time, and he's got a huge, like he—he he has all this bravado and misbehavior and all of that stuff. And his coach is like, "Yeah, he's always been like that, and he always will be like that." But he's a perfectionist, mm. so he actually like just wants to be the uh, the best fighter of of all time, and so he's hypercritical of himself, mm-hmm. which seem which doesn't make any sense because when you watch the guy, you're like, oh, he's just like a blowhard narcissistic asshole, right? Right? Yeah, with the but, big flaming. T- I mean, the ridiculous tattoo of yeah, his chest. Yeah, it looks like what? Yeah. What is that? That's just yeah. a symbol of. He's the ultimate human, or I don't know what's yeah. going on here. Yeah, but that's the thing that's interesting about it. You know, it's it's basically he wages a very very measured version of psychological warfare, all the way from the tattoos that he has to the way that he behaves. Mm. Um, and it's all calculated. All of it's calculated. He thinks about absolutely every single thing, and that becomes obvious when he's in the ring, because. All he's doing is just manipulating his surroundings to suit him for the most part. I mean, he's not always managed to do that. He's lost a, yeah, yeah. a couple of fights or, or whatever. But yeah, it's just he's an interesting character to watch. Yeah, I, I'm not really a huge fan of someone who's never lost. <laughs> so yeah, that does make his character a little more interesting. I, I wish yeah. there was a way for me to just like check out fights i don't know if they're on the youtube or whatever but i have no idea yeah for me for me i would say i don't like the idea of him uh fighting mayweather at all i don't i don't think there's any win for him other than a huge monetary gain but that that would be it yeah well i I think you're right as well but the fact but the fact that he's the fact that he, he's saying it, you know, he's like... Well, well even teasing it builds his brand. Yeah. He's like... He, 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 the guy just doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> and he's always he's always looking for a challenge. Um, he just wants He just wants something difficult to do. Sure. Yeah, I can respect I, I, that. I, yeah. I, I think he's just <laughs> got bored with the fights in the UFC. 
He's like, none of those fights are interesting to me. And his coach, Kavanaugh, did actually say something along those lines. Um, he fought a heavier guy, Diaz, a couple of times. Lost once, won once. And, uh, and you know, somebody was asking his coach the sort of pound-for-pound question, who do you think he's going to, who would be an interesting matchup? And he's like, well, Diaz is an interesting matchup. It's really the only interesting matchup. Mm-hmm. Tall guy, heavier, got a lot of reach, absolute zombie, you can't put him on his ass. You know, that's a very, very interesting mathematical problem to solve. Whereas everybody else is like, just a guy. <laughs> and I was like, wow, yeah. that's pretty That's pretty telling. Yeah, yeah. So what are you up to tonight? Oh, well, I had a uh, podcast scheduled and it got um, my guest rescheduled. So okay. I have this time set aside. So I'm, I'm doing nothing. Good. I'm on uh, some projects at home. I have my wife has on, on she has me on painting duty and fix fix everything duty. What what are you painting or fixing? Uh currently the master bedroom. Interesting. My specialty in life is the interiors of homes. So, I can pretty much fix anything inside of a house. And I'm a carpenter cabinet maker cabinet installer kitchen and bathroom modeler but i don't like doing those things for myself i don't it's just a weird thing it's like my trade that i don't enjoy doing in my free time oh no i totally understand that yeah i'm not building birdhouses in my workshop do you know what i mean yeah yeah i think pretty much everybody's like that to be honest i don't know many people who do something for a job and also enjoy it as a a pastime yeah yeah like what what's that what's that uh saying the carpenter's no the cobbler's son is always poorly shod <laughs> correct <laughs> that sounds perfect yeah i think that's the fucking story hi hi yeah well, so i I'm... have a couple of those things going on and then i have some projects out uh, out there in the world and then um, trying to get this podcast relit and do some fun and fascinating conversations with folks. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you uh, listened to the Hive Mind. I'm glad you listened to that. And I'm glad you thought it was interesting. Oh, yeah. I um, I don't listen to many podcasts. And um, I just... I don't uh, re- listen to any. Yeah, I just re- rediscovered that one. So I've been listening to the season two of Harder to Kill. It's good stuff. Uh, season, season two is the... <laughs> Season two, the one is the one where Steph was like, "Fuck it, I'm just going to interview my friends." Yes, yeah. all, all she does is interview her friends. I see nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah, well, I agree. I think it's a good a good way to do things. Yeah, I found her to be um, by audio the most comfortable I've heard her was talking to Rob Wolf. Yeah, it just sounded just completely natural. You know, yeah, and you can it yeah. just comes through. Uh, you, yeah, you, you know, because it's just a conversation. Yeah, not point counterpoint, blah blah. You know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I do have Rob scheduled for a uh, specific podcast um, with my BJJ coach. Ooh. And we're gonna do sports specific nutrition, wellness. You know, the pillars of health. Um, well, he's with the a man. with a sports specific 
meme. I hope that's that's yeah. pretty rad. Yeah, that's good. So I have that scheduled for the first week of April. We haven't nailed it down yet, but that should be fun. I I would hope, you know. I I think so. Rob's uh, easy to talk to. Yeah, and he happens to know a few things, so that helps. He doesn't know that much. <laughs> Who does? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he does. He does. Uh, he's a good lad. I actually met him for the first time at AHS. Did you know that? Oh, really? This, but yeah. yeah, when uh, we were all there, yeah, yeah. Like I'd never, like I'd known him since two thousand and nine, and I'd never met him. Hmm. Yeah, I've I've never met most people I supposedly know. You know. Oh uh, yeah, I I suppose it's, it, I guess it's kind of normal. <sighs> Yeah, I know a lot of people, when the um, AHS first started, a lot of people were tweeting or whatever, social media saying, it was like the internet came alive. Mm. Because they met for the first time all these people they had been interacting with on social mm-hmm. media. Yeah. Or they've read their books or their blogs or whatever. So there is some value in that, I do believe. Have you um, Have you been keeping tabs on the... AHSNZ stuff? Uh, for the upcoming stuff, not so much, but I have watched probably all the videos or most all of the videos the, from the previous. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty psyched about uh, like what's going to be going down this year. Oh, There's cool. Yeah. Su- super interesting stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're, like, they're doing it right, so they will have my interest forever going, I, going down the road they're going. Yeah. I, I think Jamie's and Anastasia are just like, right, who's cool? Let's listen to them. Like they just like anything that they're nerding out on, they just try and find that the like the source of that nerdery. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A search for the source. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's yep. always super, super interesting. Um they actually showed me a brilliant talk by Lulu, who's actually a member of AHS, and she did a talk in Wellington, and it was basically, uh, let me think, what was it called? Uh, something to do with speed. Like, I don't know. For something <laughs> coming up? No, no, it was, this Outside. was in Wellington. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, but it was funny, because... You're what? It's heavily edited, right? And you're watching it, and you're like, "Get to the fucking point, hurry up!" <laughs> and you're like, "This is terrible, man." She's laboring every single point, like, "Ah, oh. oh, come on!" And uh, she's Chinese, and uh, just like you know, laboring the point and then expanding and just taking her time, and then two thirds of the way through the the talk. She's like she's talking about how like you know, Eastern philosophy generally looks upon time as circular, whereas Western Westerners basically look at it as linear. Mm-hmm. So they're always like, time is scarce; everything has to hurry up. And I was like, so she kind of put it right back in your face. Yeah, your I was perception like, of her time. Oh, yeah, it's me. It's it's not you. It's, you, it's my perception of time. Yeah. Uh, and, like, 
I don't think she knew that like people would view her talk the way that she she was just doing a talk, right? So yeah, I don't think sure. people would be like, "Oh, hurry the fuck up!" But the beauty of it is, I was thinking if she does that talk again, two thirds of the way through it, she should be like, "Does anyone think I should get to the point already?" Yeah, right. The whole right. room will just like start laughing. Yeah, yeah. When when it clicks, they're like. My God, it is just the sort of Western perception of linear time that's at fault here. This sort of desperate scarcity to get to the next thing or hurry up or whatever. I was like, that's amazing. That is amazing. And that's yeah. part of my problem doing audio or a podcast. Um, I push and push whoever I'm talking to. Uh, I, I, I have no patience. And I find that when I'm more relaxed or talking to a friend, it sounds different. Cause it's oh, really? a conversation huh. when I'm interviewing someone, it's just, it's all fouled up. Yeah. I you think you just a, get drunk before you do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally fucking blasted. That'd be a great <laughs> idea. Let's see how that sounds. <laughs> you never know. Could be a laugh. Yeah. That, that was decades ago. I fit enough. Yeah. Now I just get a buzz and take my magnesium. <laughs> it's so boring. Sleepy time. Take my protein pills and go to bed, or you know, whatever. Aye, good lad. Uh, well, my battery's at five percent, so my computer's about to die. Hey, no problem. This was super great. Yeah, you right. Saved my was, evening. Good. It was good to get some banter done. Absolutely. Um, Always. And uh, I might look up some of the books that you were talking about. I'm actually reading the Witcher novels right now, so once I'm through the Witcher. Yeah, just uh, re reconnect with me and I'll point you in the direction I want you to go. Do it, mate. Do all it. right, all right. Right, brother. Have good. a good one. All right, good night. Bye. Bye. <laughs>